What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Run Happy Podcast. I'm Baxter Friedman. And I'm Charlie Rook, and this is a podcast for people that want to improve themselves as runners as well as people and always run happy. Let's get into it. All right, uh, what's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of the Run Happy Podcast. Today, we are here with Casey Comer, and uh, he is a Under Armour pro athlete. So, Casey, how are you doing? I'm good, guys. Thanks. Yeah, of course, man. It's good to have you on. Glad we were able to do this. Got to speak your team, uh, teammate yesterday, actually. So this will be fun as well. Um, but yeah, so why don't you just tell everyone a little bit about uh, who you are, a quick summary um, for everyone listening. Yeah, sure thing. I'm Casey Comer. I'm originally from just outside Philadelphia in Pennsylvania, and I went to Villanova University. So it's like about a half an hour from where I grew up, uh, kind of right outside Philadelphia, uh, I'm like, my specialty would be like mile 1500 in, in track and field. I, you know, uh, obviously I ran in college. I was the last man into the Olympic trials in 2021. I got a call after a last minute scratch and had to, uh, head straight out to Eugene. So that was pretty cool. I also finished runner up one year indoors in the mile, um, eighth outdoors and then uh, since signing with Under Armour and coming to Baltimore, I've run 354 in the mile and 334 in the 1500. Got to represent the USA at the Pan Am Games in Santiago, Chile about a month ago, which was pretty cool. I got bronze there, uh, took the lead into the home stretch and couldn't uh, quite hold off the two Canadians there. But pretty cool experience. Nice to get on the podium in my uh, first time representing the U.S. and yeah, I mean, I've got a great team here in Baltimore. I just came back from Flagstaff, a little altitude stint. Some of the guys are still out there. We ran the uh, sound running cross champs in Austin last weekend. It was my first cross-country race in three years. So that was pretty fun. And, yeah, then fall training is going well. Looking forward to a good year. Heck, yeah, dude, that sounds like a, that sounds awesome. Heck of a, heck of a life so far. Um, so, and, yeah, um, just you running in Villanova just – um, how did that go for you in in college? Yeah, so Vill- Villanova for me, in high school, I went to a cross-country camp that uh, Marcus O'Sullivan, who you know was an Irish Olympian, indoor world champion, it was kind of his camp. Like I heard him speak there and got to interact with him, and that was my first – that was kind of like the first college coach I like had a real relationship with. And then like – uh, he ended up like coming to my house and like coming out to me and I visited, I just kind of formed a really close relationship with him and he's still like a good mentor to me now. I think that was kind of the main reason I went there. Of course, I, I had great teammates and friends there, uh, enjoyed my time there. And actually my younger brother, who's six years younger is on the team there now. So it's kind of in the family, which is cool, but yeah, I would say that that relationship was really important for me and, obviously still keep in touch with a a lot of my friends there and the running experience, you know, was great. I think the one thing that Villanova is known for is pen relays uh, more than anything else. That was always a big meet for us every year. Uh, And the year we actually won two relay reels was a really special one. Relay wheels was a special one for me because I'm from the Philadelphia area. And that was a meet that I'd been to in high school, knew a lot of people around there and it was just, you know, a special time. It's pretty cool seeing all like the Jamaican flags and stuff in the stands, you know, obviously like there's the college races and stuff, but the biggest races are actually the high school relays, like the best Jamaican and American high schools racing each other in the four by one and four by four. That atmosphere is pretty cool. 
Yeah, I saw I saw that race online actually, or like I saw maybe it was one of the four races. It was like a Jamaican school versus a U.S. school, and it was uh literally came down the line. I don't know if you saw. It. Did you see that finish? It was like, yeah, I mean that that four by eight too. Like yeah, the the Jamaicans from everything to one hundred to eight hundred from one hundred to eight hundred will send yeah. like great teams up. There's like a couple teams that are always good. Like Jamaica College uh, is always good. Gosh, I'm kind of blanking on some of the names, but I feel like there's three or four schools that are in like every relay every year. Mm-hmm. And like they've got a fan club that makes the trip to Philadelphia every year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I just I just always think I every time I think of that meet that you're talking about, I always think of that like that finish um because it was literally like like I was one of the closest finishes I've ever seen. But um I think one thing I want to ask you is like you talked about running these big races and um you know, you're representing the u.s versus your college races do you prepare any differently like mentally before you um go into like a, a, a quote-unquote a bigger race or do you kind of approach all of your races the same way a little bit i mean obviously you're you're peaking for certain races like that's kind of the way training goes you go through the year and you have uh like certain focuses like in college it would be ncaa's now for me it's you know usa's at the end of the spring or like intermittently USA's in the, in the middle of the winter. Uh, so there's a little bit of difference. I think that like, for me, I've all, I've always been somebody who uh, like, you know, I get nervous before races, but that's just one of those things where, you know, it means you care. Like it's something that you, that you get up for that you're excited for. And I think that it could be, you know, just a small season opener or a championship race. Like, you know, in my mind, like for me, the internal pressure I put on myself is the same. Like I expect myself to compete at a certain level, no matter what the stage is. Um, and there's good and bad that comes with that. I mean, I've had to, you know, find different ways to channel those emotions and just try to get better from like a mental side. Uh, just because like, I don't always handle it super well. And I think a lot of people are that way and understanding that is important and how to improve. Um, but yes and no, I think that there are external factors that are going to be different but in my mind you know every race i'm just going out and giving it everything i have like from an hour out when i start the warm-up it's always going to be the same like i'm just gonna go out there and try to win or try to run hard yeah no so are you saying that like you like to keep a routine like most of the time where um because like you talk about like i mean you get nerves and like i mean everyone gets nerves but like do you do anything to like uh make them go away or like any any like mental thoughts or anything that you put into it yeah i you know and this is the opposite of some people i know a lot of people like to listen to music like before or even during their warm-up but i actually prefer to kind of just sit in silence just like uh, th- not formally meditate but just kind of sit there and just be alone with my thoughts and just try to be calm like be calm be in that moment uh like a half hour before our warm-up just you know, just try my best to, to relax. Cause when you get out there, like there's no, you're not distracting yourself. You gotta, you have to be there with your own thoughts. You have to feel that pain. And that's what I'm trying to emphasize to myself in that period of time. Gotcha. Did you like, um, did you start doing that, um, as a pro runner now, or did you start doing that in college or in high school? No, I, I started doing that in, in, in college. Uh, I would say the, the the year I was like runner up indoors, I think that that was a year where there weren't like that was kind of my first big season where I had like a lot of success. Uh, 
not at the level I'm at now, but I was competing with like the best guys nationally. And I look back at that race as like, there's no pressure on me. I was like pretty relaxed before the race. I had my normal nerves, but like without the weight of expectations and knowing how fit I was and how excited I was for that race, I remember what I was doing before that. And I just try to replicate that to see if I can have the same success and just keep notching it up a level. Um, so I think just the space that I was in before that race was good. And that is what I'm trying to, to replicate. And, you know, every time you have a new jump forward, like, you know, hopefully soon, I'll have another great race and there might be something I remember from the lead up to that race that I want to replicate. So I think you're always, you know, kind of adding to your routines, like having a routine is important, but evolving is important too. Mm, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, Yeah. And sometimes like, sometimes I'll get confused with like routine and superstition. Uh, Like where if I don't like, um, if I don't, drink like three bottles of water like exactly like three hours before a race or something like that i'll get i'll freak out like i that's happened before but like obviously i know that that's not true uh but um whenever you uh said that you had that breakout year uh at that indoor race and everything what was uh what do you think helped lead up to that uh training wise that year i think that i was just not trying to do too much i mean i went through the you know, the previous spring, you know, I kind of had like a failed experiment with the steeple. And then at the end of the year, ran a 1500 just to have fun. And I went out and I ran great. And then I had, you know, a great consistent summer and fall of training leading to a cross country season where just through threshold and and mileage and, you know, the strength work, I, I ended up, you know, being an all American and having the best cross country season in my life. And that led to indoors where I just started running, you know, some, 3k pace intervals just opening up a little bit not even really running too fast like i barely ran mile pace in practice i would just go out and just say like you know we're doing the we're doing the prep work and now when you get on the track you're kind of racing into shape and you know it really works just not trying to do too much and just letting it flow being relaxed not having any uh expectations and at the time the 1500 and mile were kind of new for me in college and i was just having fun with it and i think that's what led to that success yeah absolutely i mean not trying to do too much i think is actually really really undervalued uh people you always hear about people making these jumps and they're like well i bumped up my mileage i bumped up my workouts i uh you know i just committed to it but um no i like what you said yeah wasn't trying to do too much um and i think i think that's what i've learned here is that you don't actually need to take uh as big a step forward as you do, you just need to be really intentional about what you're doing. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of cool. I want to, Oh, well, we're on the topic. So that indoor race was kind of like one of your better races ever. Um, is indoor, is indoor one of your favorite seasons or what, you know, what, what, what was your favorite time of the year during college? It's a good question. I mean, I, I did love cross country in college. Like I love racing as a team and I enjoyed this past weekend getting to race with my, uh, with the guys on my team now. Um, you know, kind of representing the team, the uh, our coach Corey, our strength coach uh, Carrie as well, and all the guys I've been training with, all the people at Under Armour who like you know support us. Um, that was cool. So cross country is always a special time. I mean, to be honest, I came into college thinking I would be more of like a five k, ten k runner. I th- I thought that I was kind of going to be a distance runner year round, but I guess it shows the importance of not putting yourself in a box. Like I was willing to just 
go with the flow and do like I tried the steeple that didn't work out. Then I shifted over to the 1500 and it was like, Oh, having some success in this and, and stuck with it. And I'm still in the sport, you know, eight years later. So doing all right. Yeah. So like, and you know, speaking of under armor, uh, we can transition into that. Like, so how, how did you, um, get signed with under armor? How did that process look like? Yeah, I, uh, so I can't remember if it was, I kind of had a rough spring, like, uh, just up and down race wise. Like I said, I really snuck into last the, to the Olympic trials at the last second, like literally my, my agent now, like, uh, like reached out to one of his guys who wasn't planning on running. It was like, are you going to scratch? And then once that guy scratched, then I got to like go out to Eugene, which is pretty cool. But after that, just, uh, you know, from watching some of my better races in the past, Corey, my coach now, Corey Leslie, uh, he reached out to me. He said, Hey, look, we should talk. I think there may be an opportunity for you. Um, and at, at the time there were a lot of like moving pieces. Like he was actually with Tin Man for a little bit. And then like kind of the Under Armour opportunity popped up and there were a lot of like unknowns, but once things kind of were uh, like set in motion, I did a race out in Washington. I visited some friends in Seattle and did the Yakima mile. It's a road mile out there. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but I stopped in Colorado on the way home and I had lunch with uh, John and Jackson. John's my teammate now. Jackson ran for a year and is my roommate and Corey in Boulder. Uh, stayed with a, a friend and just went to the driving range and hit golf balls with Corey. And we talked about like potentially being on the team contract stuff, like, Oh, what Baltimore would be like the support we have from under armor. Like, and you know, he kind of like, I was pretty sold already. Like this is two hours from where I grew up. It was a cool opportunity to be close with like a brand that I've known since I was a kid. Like I get to continue running, be supported really well, but uh, that was kind of like the the final nail of like, all right, we're doing this. And then uh, September rolled around. And he was like, yeah, they're getting us an Airbnb in October for a month. And I was like, I will be there. Like I hadn't even officially signed at that point. I was just like, I just like moved in with these guys for a couple of weeks in the city. And then like, you know, Hannah, our like, I guess, boss at Under Armour and other people were showing us around all month and things were in motion. And now we've grown the team to like a dozen athletes now, I think between men and women. Yeah, that's awesome. That sounds like a really, really cool thing. So were you, were you one of the, um, one of the first members of the squad when it started? Yeah. So John and Jackson, uh, John and Jackson had already been training under Corey since their days at Arizona state. So he was there before he went to Colorado and then came here. Uh, Willie Fink, who's on the team now was an Under Armour athlete already. Uh, just, you know, independent before they started moving to the group uh, and he joined. So we were kind of the inaugural members. And so we got this Airbnb and say like none of us had ever been to Baltimore before. And we were just like coming out to the park. Like every time we had a workout, like, oh, we got to find a place to do this workout. And we just go out and explore. And now they've they built a track for us at headquarters. Obviously, we've always had the gym here, which is pretty cool. But uh, that stuff's easier now. But for a while we were just kind of finding our footing. Um, but yeah, it was cool. And that's, that's something that'll always be special to be one of the, you know, one of the first uh, members of what, you know, is already a successful team and hopefully will be even more successful in the future. 
That's awesome. Yeah, being one of the founding, uh, well, not one of the founding fathers, but yeah, being there originally. <laughs> yeah, and, the fact yeah. the founding father is nice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, I want to ask this: Do you remember your? Um, I'm sure you do. But what was your first like? Uh, what was your first professional race like with Under Armour? You know, how was that experience for you? Uh oh, it was terrible. I came down from really. Like, it was the first. Uh, the first like real altitude camp i'd ever done i i went to boulder with college teammates for a while uh like in college obviously but that was more base training for cross country like it's the first time i trained hard at altitude and then we came down did just like a mile at iowa state before christmas uh like yeah like right after i signed that first fall and i just like tanked on the last lap and i mean it was still like okay but i got beat by a bunch of college kids and i was like damn like uh like I, I mean, I ran. I think I ran four oh three or something like that. Uh, but just got passed on the last lap by a bunch of guys, and I was like, "Ah, shoot, this is, uh, you know, this is this isn't good." But then, you know, six weeks later, we got things back together, and I ran three fifty four in Boston. So there we go. Yeah, mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> turn yeah. turn it around. Mm. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So. Um... Yeah, whenever training started with all of y'all, how did um I mean how did that go? Like how did the the culture and the atmosphere uh grow? Yeah, I I mean that's a good that's a good point. The first year was like was interesting because we were just traveling so much and then like we permanently moved to Baltimore that spring and all of a sudden people started getting added. Like I'd become good friends with John and Jackson, Willie, Corey, uh, but then we added Adam Fogg. Uh you guys you guys might know the Fog Dog. Oh um, yeah, he's yeah yeah. I got a buddy that yeah. goes to Drake actually. So uh, yeah, yeah yeah. So mm-hmm. there you go. You know him. So I mean, he was fun to bring to town. Uh, then we started our our women's team like that spring. So uh, Coach Laura Rogers came from Cincinnati. Ellie Leather, uh, who's British, and she ran for Cincinnati. She ran under Laura there. Uh, added a couple more women, and all of a sudden we had all these people kind of living down the street from each other in town. Um, going out and training in the city and uh yeah and I've, I've met a lot of cool people you know outside the team too like there's a place called believe in the run here that uh they do a lot of like reviews and stuff for running brands and they would have like group runs on thursday nights so if i had a double or something i would go there and you know meet up with people that's how i made a lot of friends how i met my now girlfriend there um so yeah things kind of like life things like that first year to be honest was was tough. It was a year of transition. I had my ups and downs in running. Um, and you know, for a while I wasn't in as great of a place. Like this is something that I kind of sold myself on of like, Oh, I'm going to dedicate myself to this. I'm going to improve so much. And when things were going up and down, I wasn't really, uh, like sure what the future looked like for me. And then, you know, I started meeting all these people and, uh, kind of turning things around that summer. And then, really started to fall back in love with the, with the sport and, uh, and Baltimore started to feel like home too. So I think that, yeah, it it took a little time, but you know, I'm, I'm really happy with, you know, where I am and running and in life at the moment. That's really cool. Um, so like, if you don't mind me talking about, like you said, you weren't in the the best like headspace, uh, for a little bit of that, like what was going on? Like, how did, how did you recover from it? Yeah. I, I mean, so the end of that spring, like I ended up not making USAs, which as a professional runner, like somebody who's kind of dedicating themselves to this, like 
you know, what, whatever the reason is, like I had some bad races, I was a little bit banged up, I had a foot injury. To not make USAs is something that it's like, darn, like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Like, I'm, I'm a professional runner. Like, that's that's where I'm meant to be. So I went some. I went and spent some time with family. Uh, I spent some time down the Jersey Shore, which is where I went growing up. Uh, I kind of leaned into the, the friends that I made in the city and just kind of hit the reset button that summer and just said, like, you're not giving up on this now. Like, you're going to give it another go and you're going to just be smarter about it next year and just make some small adjustments. Don't panic and uh, just let it come to you. Try not to do too much. Kind of like I was talking about my breakthrough in college and um, yeah, I mean, I ended up having a great fall of training and then obviously ups and downs of the sport as always. But last year I had a great year. I PR'd, you know, in the mile and the 1500 ran a good 5k, uh, and like life things, like I said, you know, made a lot of friends, started dating my now girlfriend um, and things started to just come around, like just running life uh, just was in a better place just because I took the time to kind of take a breath and um, lean into the people that care about me and what got me here. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's life, life isn't always about running. And, you know, I think that's something that a lot of people get caught up in the sport of like thinking that like life is all about running. And, you know, whenever you take that step back and, you know, realize like, you know, there's more things to do rather than that. Like it's, it can be freeing, I guess. And like, it can really help you progress. Yeah. And I try to look at it as like, this is a cool, unique part of my life. And I get to do something like, you know, competing at a high level, for me, I'm just a competitive person, regardless of whether it was running or something else. I'm just happy to be able to like compete, like go out and train every day, like work hard, you know, try to go out and be my best uh, self. But I know there's so much life to live after this and I have a lot of uh, other things that I'm looking forward to. So trying not to put too much pressure on myself, but it is tough when you're such a competitive person. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like the exact same way. Um, yeah. Me and our, uh, me and a teammate. I'm thinking of specifically are just uh two very competitive people. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been in the same spot. Like especially last year, I think like I'm I'm from Illinois originally, and so like moving down to Mississippi, um, and me meeting all these guys and stuff. It was like obviously that was a really tough adjustment at first, and uh, yeah, running uh, the running tanked because of it. I think um, and obviously now now I feel much more at home here and um running still up and down but like yeah i definitely feel better than i did last year so yeah absolutely get what you mean um and but i mean let's focus on you as a pro for a little bit why don't you talk to us a little bit about like you know what 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 is it like living as a pro, pro athlete like what is um you know what do your days look like and you know um is it a lifestyle you is it a lifestyle you enjoy living yeah i guess like the like one thing I think of off the top of my head, it's a little weird. I sleep in an altitude 10 most nights here and I have a full size one that goes over like a queen mattress. So it's, um, it's like I'm going camping every night. Like it's so silly. Um, what is that? So basically like there's this generator that takes some of the oxygen out of there and pumps it into the tent. So I have it set up to like 7,500 feet or something. So it's like, it's as if I'm still in Flagstaff when I'm sleeping basically. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I've never heard of yeah, that. I didn't know that was that's a thing. Really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty like a lot of uh a lot of pros and I feel like even some like college kids that I know, like D1 college kids have dabbled with it. Uh 
yeah so that's uh that's unique do you, i would say hold on, do you, sorry do you think it helps yeah i mean i think that one of the big things is when i go to these altitude camps that we do now like when we go to train in flagstaff for a month like for me, I noticed that if I sleep in it for a few weeks before I go, the adjustment period is a little bit easier. Whereas like the first time I went, like was like just a really difficult time adjusting right away. Like I was str- really struggling and that made it smoother. And also sleeping in it when you leave can maybe prolong the benefits of that trip. I mean, sleeping in it every day year round would obviously be ideal. That's not like super realistic with traveling. And yeah. you know, I like to spend some time, especially in the off season, like sleeping like a normal person so uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah I, I think it does help you just have to be consistent with it it's got to become a habit and like with that you know trying to sleep at least eight hopefully nine hours a night uh trying to eat well like i spend probably more time than most people just like you know thinking about those things and like trying to structure my day around like am i getting enough sleep where am i going to be when i'm eating like can i have a healthy meal and that's not to say i don't have days where i want to go out and have a nice greasy burger and fries or something like that. But, you know, understanding that like that is part of the game, like that's nutrition, sleep, that stuff all adds up. Uh, yeah. And then just obviously training decent volume, spend a lot of, a lot more time doing the little things than, you know, non pro runners would, you know, stretching rehab, you know, time in the gym, all that stuff. Um, yeah and a lot of traveling for races you know during the busy busy part of the spring and summer you know i spend a lot of time on the road so Mm, yeah quickly before before you ask while while i have this in my head um so for someone who is maybe about to go into altitude and start running there for the first time what should they expect out of that like adjustment period like it's it's a little bit different it's a little bit different for everyone but like i mean for people who go, they generally advise you got to go for at least like three or four weeks, like to give your body chance to adapt. And then if you want to, you know, do some decent training up there, you adapt for a few weeks and then you have a few weeks of like, all right, your body's actually ready to do, you know, the, you still have to adjust for altitude. Like you can't run as fast or, you know, you might need a little bit more rest, but, uh, that first week or two, a lot of times you just, you just got to run slower. You got to make sure that you're, getting plenty of sleep. You got to make sure you're eating. You got to make sure you're hydrating a lot. Uh, yeah. I mean, most people recommend taking like iron. That seems to be uh, a problem. Some people have when they go to altitude for long periods, you can so depending on the person, you can become like deficient if you're not careful. Uh, yeah. But it, it really depends on the person, you know, you don't know until you try it, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, so like uh, in, going back to like you being a pro runner and like you know, being with all your teammates, you said that you're really competitive. And like, does that ever show like in practice and outside of practice? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, we were uh, we've recently started doing like poker nights. Um, like, I, I mean, we we love like uh, I'm trying to think of of other things like um uh, yeah, I mean, in in practice, in the weight in the weight room, we got to be a little bit careful with that. Like, I so our <laughs> weight coach recently had us doing some like, like push press, like bench press, push push press and stuff, and I was like, I just had to bow out from that. Like, a couple of the guys were just like, like at Thanksgiving, right? We were at uh, my teammate John. He may have told you guys we were at 
his family's cabin in Happy Jack. And after dinner, like boys go to the garage and are playing ping pong, basketball, whatever, and they have a bench press. And he and his brother, another teammate, like are like having like a bench off and like just putting more weight on the bar. And then his dad comes out and shows them all up. Like it's just it's just random <laughs> spur of the moment stuff like that. I feel like, you know, chess, other sports, basketball, like, you know. We, you get you get sucked in and then people just like like something clicks and it's like it's as if you're racing or you know in that. in that moment you're not thinking about like how low stakes of an environment it is that's why i say like sometimes championship race or you know just a low-key thing it doesn't matter like sometimes the wiring just gets crossed yeah i love that especially in the weight room like me and uh me and our teammate yesterday like it was literally was it yesterday no it been two days ago we were like we like did it. We had a couple sets of push-ups, and like on the third set, he said go till failure, and I like mm-hmm. I did. I went first, and then my friend uh, heard my number, and like just intentionally one upped me, and then like couldn't lift himself up after the uh, after the after the amount of push-ups, and like he was he said I was gonna drop, but then I remember your number. I had to know. I had to beat it. And so, I <laughs> so like stuff like that it just makes it much more fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Corey, our coach is is one of the most competitive people I know too. He and I have like, uh, like I remember their first altitude trip battling him and you know ping pong, and he's definitely the type to get sucked into that kind of thing. It's 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 on. It just makes it more fun though. Like even though even if it's like it does get a little out of hand, it's like but yeah, that's just it's just the fun of it. Like it's just it just makes it so much better. Um, yeah yeah as long as long as you're being careful like something like bench press like you just don't want anyone getting hurt like like our weight coach doesn't need to see us like trying to one rep max on the bench at thanksgiving dinner (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome um i know quickly baxter i know baxter said um you know one of the things you want to talk about was your commute over to uh to train or practice uh, so like what, what's that like that like oh we heard from john you guys sometimes will take a take like a boat over there Is yeah that- so there's a there's a free water taxi boat from like just down the street from our neighborhood to under armor so like we'll bike down the hill it's about a mile maybe just under uh and just hop on the boat and then hop off at under armor it drops you off like 100 meters from the front door which is pretty cool so uh, a lot of times we'll, the boat comes every half hour and I know I've seen John leave the house like five minutes before the boat leaves and just rip it down the bike path to the boat. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a cool like alternative commute, I guess, you know, we drive some days we'll run from the gym and lift or other days, you know, we'll run here, eat breakfast, make our way down there, but it's cool to go across there and hopefully they'll have a boat stop at our new track too, which is kind of like, on the other side of the peninsula where the gym is. That's pretty sick. You guys getting a new track when the when that get put in? Or uh that was last year, yeah. That was last year. That. Yeah. I, I can't remember exactly. I think the beginning of last spring. And and then y'all y'all's bikes got stolen though, right? At one point? Oh yeah. So so that was like when we first moved here and that was partially my fault. I was like, Oh, they'll be fine. We, we just left them in the middle of like, what is a busy area during the day, but at night is kind of like quiet. And, you know, there's just some, some kids up to, up to no good that were trying to like cut through like my wire lock. And they took like John's brakes 
Uh, oh my god! And we were coming. We were leaving an Orioles game. We left like we left like an inning early, I think, because it was like a blowout or whatever, and we wanted to head home. But yeah, we walked up, and they were like in the process of trying to like like get through one of the locks, and uh, we just kind of like yelled from a distance, and they ran away. But yeah, that was. Uh, Y'all probably could have caught them. Y'all probably could have chased after them. Uh, that's not a situation we really wanted to get ourselves into. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Just just knowing you could, if that's about having that power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Baltimore gets a bad rap too. I feel like I, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I've watched a couple seasons of The Wire now, which is like one of a really famous show about mm-hmm. crime in Baltimore. Uh, the area where we live and a lot of the areas around the water are really nice, but something like that does not uh, does not help people's uh people's view of the city you know yeah, but I, I feel like any city wrong place at the wrong time stuff like that can happen yeah absolutely yeah. Oh, absolutely i mean like i'm 40 minutes from chicago and i love chicago but uh you know definitely definitely some bad places yeah some places you don't want to be but, but okay mm-hmm. so um going like uh to more recent things so you did you, you said that you ran the uh the sound uh running like cross champs uh last weekend and so, I mean, you did really well. So tell everyone uh, a little bit about how that race went, like, you know, what all uh, went on there. Yeah, I mean, it was it was solid. Like, I I think I told you guys it was my first cross-country race in three years and, you know, rainy, muddy, just like I remember. Uh, I know we had a year in college, regionals at Penn State, it was like 35 degrees and raining, and then nationals in Wisconsin was like 30 degrees and snow on the ground. Uh, but, you know, great – Cross country weather, uh, went down there. It was solid. I was, you know, eighth, I ran 23, 19. So that's like a little over 440 pace. Uh, not that that matters in cross country. It's kind of just about getting out there and competing. A lot of the guys up front are like, you know, like the NAZ elite group is there and they have a couple guys that were, you know, in the top three at NCAA cross country in the last couple of years. Uh, so, I mean, those guys are always going to be tough to beat, but I thought I, I competed well. Uh, finished pretty close to my teammate Alec and it was just a good show of the work that we've been doing this fall you know it's not it's one of those races like I said like you know you get up for it like your mind is wired to be ready for a race but you understand it's kind of part of the big picture uh, going forward to this winter spring and the you know the trials come June so the trials kind of like your main focus what are your uh, what are your goals looking like for this uh, this upcoming season yeah, I mean the the trials are obviously the focus. I mean, I just got to put everything I can into trying to make the final at the trials, and then hopefully stepping on that line, feeling like you know I have a chance to make the team. And you know, you get out there, you never know what's going to happen. There's some great 1500 runners in the in the U.S. Some guys that some days look unbeatable, but you got to go out there believing in yourself and get you get yourself to that start line. You know, with enough work under you that you have that belief, right? Like, you know. You got to get there healthy, number one. You got to get there fit. You got to not do too much, not overcook it, but do enough that you're tough, that you're ready. You know, it's just such a such a fine balance. And it's like you're in in your mind, you're in like the chemistry lab trying to mix just like the the right amount of different things together. And obviously, like a lot of the training comes from, you know, Coach Corey and Coach Carey. But, you know, as a student of the sport, I'm such a pain in the ass. I'm always trying to like bounce ideas off, uh, you know, and just, I don't know. I, I just taking responsibility for your own, uh, for your own journey is a big thing for me. And, um, so 
I like being involved, but again, like having trust in your, your coaches and the people around you is important. So, um, of course. Yeah. You know. Like, yeah. Realizing yeah. Like they're, they're in the coaching position, I guess for a reason. And yeah, I don't, yeah, I know I have to like, uh, talk about that with my coach sometimes where it's like, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, I bounce ideas off of them and like, Hey, like, and they try to explain a race to me uh, and like why I didn't like do as well as I should have. And he's telling me one thing. I'm like, well, I don't think it's that he's like Baxter. I've seen this before. I know, I know this mm-hmm. is what happened. I'm just like, Oh yeah, I guess that's right. I guess that's right. Um, but uh, yeah, so- I mean, it's a good relationship to have with your coach. Like you can, you can have a healthy dialogue, a healthy back and forth of like, you know, even argue as long as it's polite, like, you know, you're going to have differences of opinion, but you got to trust that your coach has seen a lot and, you know, they know what they're doing and they got to trust that, you know, how you feel and who you are as an athlete. So they need to take that into consideration as well. But, you know, as long as there's trust and respect there, you know, it's all good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so moving to something else quickly, I, you mentioned earlier that you, um, some of your recovery habits. So why don't we go into that really quickly so what are like you obviously you um focus on sleep a lot and then you mentioned nutrition so what what are the, some of the stuff you're doing there to maybe give yourself a little extra going into race day yeah i mean the biggest thing is i don't know if you guys have heard of the 30 minute rule just making sure you have something good to eat like soon after a workout you know we're lucky enough to have gotten uh we got some uh like protein powders and things that we always have around that we make sure that we're getting the right things in our bodies after workouts even during now just something that i hadn't done in the past uh we typically have some like gels or like some fuel like basic carbs to drink like throughout a workout especially if it's you know something longer or long run uh to kind of make sure that we're not finishing on e like figuratively the car Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, (laughs) but uh (laughs) Yeah, kind of just giving your body a chance to, you know, have something left over to start the recovery process afterwards. So that stuff's big. And then in general, just like, you know, good habits, like, you know, the meals that you eat the same every day, like I eat pretty much the same breakfast every day, making sure that you have a good solid base for those. Like, you know, I have a couple eggs, some oatmeal with cheese seeds and peanut butter and a banana typically. And that's good enough for me, you know, uh, and if I'm going to have that same thing every day, like I got to make sure that that's, that's a good meal. I can't be eating, you know, junk if I'm going to be eating it every day, like dinner, you know, like I said, every once in a while, go out and have a burger and fries, whatever, typically make good choices. But that's something that I, I mix around a little bit more. I gotcha. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And I, yeah, consistency, I think is, is key with all that. Um, I mean, whereas like, I get actually I take that back like consistency is key if you do it correctly I guess like and that's what you're saying um but yeah obviously sure. don't don't be consistent with eating bad consistently bad will not help you yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so make that clear <laughs> um but yeah so I guess wrapping things up because I think it's looking to be about that time um what is like unique or like a couple unique lessons that you have learned from running that you can apply to everyday life a good question uh i think just like i think running in life my my college coach had a good analogy like he said life is like you're putting out a bunch of little fires all the time and running is kind of the same way like you might have a bad race here or there you might have a little injury you got to clean up whatever 
you have a, a general idea of where you want to go, just like in life, you may not know exactly what you want to do with your life, but you have an idea of what success is to you. You have an idea of the life you want, you know, a decade, 30 years down the road, something like that. I have an idea of what I want my running career to be when it's all said and done, you know, the goals I have for this year for beyond. Uh, and a lot of achieving those goals is just putting out those little fires along the way to make sure that you have a, you know, as a smooth a journey as possible. So when little things pop up, like learning how to address them and how to keep yourself, you know, healthy, happy, fit going forward is important. Yeah, absolutely. I like that advice a lot. And yeah, that definitely applies to life. I, I like that. I'm putting out little fires. Yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely true. Um, but yeah, sounds good. I think we'll end with that. So yeah, everyone, thank you for listening. Casey, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I mean, I've had a really good time in this conversation. We We hope you have as well. And you know, yeah. to, to everyone listening, yeah, um, we will catch you all next time. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to like and subscribe, and we'll catch you all next week.